Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit us online at nwgospel.com forward slash citizens. This is great. How many of you guys were at uh, summer camp this last, this last year? Yeah, all right. So then I know three quarters of you. Um, if you don't know who I am, my name is Kenan. I am uh, one of the pastors actually at Summit View Church, uh, which is just down the road. Uh, I would even call us sister churches because we're, we're so similar. Um, but uh, we got a cool chance to partner this last summer. I got to come and speak at, at camp. Um, Kyle and Jacob were actually my brothers-in-law, which is pretty cool. Um, so if you see them, give them a really hard time. They're interns. Spill stuff on purpose. Make them clean it up. It's great. It's totally fine. Um, but yeah, so how, how, how are we doing? How are we doing? Like, tonight, how are we doing? Perfect. I love asking that question because it's in our culture, it's acceptable not to give an actual answer. It's not like a, hey, Kenneth, we're doing really well. It's like, woo, or uh, like, oh. So now I can gauge where you guys are based on your response. So we're, we're, we're still down here. We gotta, we gotta come up just, just a hair. So how are we doing tonight, though, for real? Like, Okay, that gives me that gives a good, good indicator of the energy tonight. All right, here we go. Uh, you guys all got Bibles? You guys all got Bibles? Okay, turn to Luke chapter 10, the gospel of Luke, and we're gonna be in chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. We're going through a little story in the gospel account of Luke. I don't know if you noticed about Luke, uh, but Luke's a pretty cool guy. Uh, Luke was a doctor. And so his account, his eyewitness account of the, the gospel of Jesus is kind of unique in that Luke is very detailed and he highlights very certain things about Jesus' ministry. And what I love about the gospel of Luke is, again, he's very, he's very detailed. And so when you read him, you get to really pick it apart. You get to really pick apart kind of what's happening and the words he's using. And he's very intentional about what he's saying. And so we're going to go through a little story tonight. Because I believe, I mean, even though tonight is going to be for my brothers and sisters of the faith and, uh, you know, it's going to be some truth, but I think it's going to shine some light on a human condition, a human condition for us tonight that it's possible. Now, it's possible that we are maybe too busy. It's possible in our culture, in our day-to-day lives, and that doesn't matter if you're in middle school, high school, you're graduating, you're an adult, I think we can all recognize that it's possible that we may be too busy, that we get so distracted with all the things we feel like we have to do that we actually neglect the things that are best for our soul. We get so caught up in the the temporal things we see around us that actually there there are pieces of our soul that get missed. And so we're gonna talk a little about that tonight. I believe that God wants to do a work in and through all of us tonight. I believe that God wants to actually change our hearts and direct it back toward his because as we call him father, he calls us children and that's what parents and children do. They stay close, they want a relationship. So he's gonna call us back to that tonight. Again, we're gonna look at this story in Luke. I wanna read it for us and then we're gonna dive into this a little deeper. We're gonna have some fun tonight. Y'all ready? You good? You feeling better already? Already? Okay, that's, volume went down. This is a great start. Okay, here we go. Woo! Starting in verse 38. Here we go. Now as they went on their way, this is Jesus and his disciples, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, 
And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Let's pray before we begin. God, we come before you again tonight, and I just, I just want to say thank you for my brothers and sisters here at NGC, and thank you for uh, the opportunity just to come and share your word. God, I pray you'd be with us. May your spirit rest in this room. May you be the one that changes hearts and minds toward you. God, we know that if you do not show up tonight, this is nothing more than a simple gathering with a lecture and some music. But God, when you are here, things happen. So God, we just ask that your presence would be known and experienced tonight, and may you change our hearts and teach us something new about yourself. We pray this in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Now, if you know, obviously you don't know this about me, but my, my brothers-in-law is gonna test this. I'm a fantastic driver. Like, y'all don't even understand I'm good, all right? Like, I drive a stick the whole nine yards. It's like, all right, let's go. I drive a little Jetta, zipping around all over Clark County. I'm amazing at driving. However, I do drive incredibly distracted. Like, like no, no, if there's like a cool car that comes up to me, I'm like, ooh, and like my vehicle is rearing toward that vehicle. So if you're ever driving a cool vehicle and you see me coming at you, it's because I think it's a cool vehicle. Or if I see a house, I'm like, woo! And I'm like, I'm going right toward it. I just, I can't help it. And let's be honest, I even get distracted by butterflies. Like that's a real thing for me. Like if it's the, the fluttering, I don't know what it is. It's not a bird, but it's this like flutter where it's almost like it's gonna fall out of the air, but then it doesn't because it catches itself again. It's like, how are you doing this? That's how I feel when I drive. And so um, my, my now wife, uh, Carissa, who is sister, obviously, there we go. Um, we have been married uh, for eight years. We've been together for 12, going on 13 years. It's crazy. Like, I met these two when they were, th what, four? Yeah, I think these were four when I met them. It's not okay how old they're getting. Like, for real, it's not okay. I didn't get to torture them at camp, so I get to torture them tonight. Um, so, we're driving as we're dating uh, Chris and I are, not these guys. Chris and I were dating. And we're driving up, um, and we had, uh, we had dinner Check this out. We had dinner in Salmon Creek at Muchas Gracias. I know. Gentlemen, take notes. Anyway, so, and by the way, I'll just say this. I did pay. All right? I didn't make her pay. I paid. I, I, I'm, I'm a gentleman, and so we drove. I pay for Muchas Gracias. We both feel like we're going to die as we're driving home. Um, it was great. It was a great day. So as we're driving home, um, you know, there's, I don't know if you guys have ever been driving down the 205 freeway and there's the exit to get off of 14, like to basically come home here on the east side, right? And if you miss that exit, you're going into Portland. Like there's nowhere to stop or turn around. You're on the 205 bridge and you're, you're heading to the airport. Like there's no option. So here we are, we're, we're in conversation, Chris and I, and I'm just, I mean, she's gazing into my eyes because let's face it, she can't help it. And I'm, I'm gazing back into hers going like, wow, right? And so as I'm doing this, I just blow right past the exit. Like I'm so, lo I'm so lost in her eyes, you guys. They're, they're gorgeous. And so I'm like, I'm heading over the bridge and I'm like, oh no. Because I'm supposed to have her at home in like 15 minutes. Like this is not good. So, um, and I don't know if you know Troy at all or have met Troy or Eric, frankly. Um, they don't like it when we're late. And so I was, no! So I'm hauling on the 205 bridge to whip around at the airport. Needless to say, I got her home in time. Anyway, um, 
don't do what I do. Just do what I say, not as I do. Okay, um, so as we're driving home, we're, we're talking, it turns from like, oh, you're so cute. Oh, you're so beautiful. Like it turns from that to what are you doing? Like, do you know how to drive, right? Like the, the argument starts, it was a great argument. We got over it, obviously. We still got married, it's okay. But the issue that I found in that experience is that distraction is real, right? Like whether, I mean, sometimes it's simple, like you're like, oh, you're so adorable, and you miss an exit, and it's, it's not that big of a deal, right? But a lot of times in our lives, distraction can actually like rip us apart from things. Distraction can actually be something that really, really hurts us. In fact, distraction can actually be something that takes us away from the purpose and passion that God gives us as individuals. That busyness or focusing on the things of life can actually cause life to feel like it's slipping away. Now, I don't know if you felt this already. If you haven't, you might. I hope you don't. But as you get older and you distract yourself, you busy yourself with all the things that life has to offer, it's possible that you're gonna look back and go, what happened? Where, like, where did the time go? Some of you who are maybe graduating from high school are doing that already. Like, where, where did the time go? Like, this is nuts. I gotta be like, I'm gonna have to be an adult. Like, this is not okay. I gotta figure out where I'm going to school. I'm gonna pay for things. Or maybe some of you are just entering into high school and you're like, I'm not ready for high school. I just got good at middle school. Now you're telling me I gotta figure this whole thing out in high school again? Like, what is happening? Right, the busyness and distraction will force us to really look at life, and I'm wondering how many of us are feeling like life is maybe slipping away. I wonder how many of us are feeling like it is slipping away. I believe God has something to say about this lifestyle of busyness and distraction, and as I studied the story, it really helped me straighten out my priorities. Because see, I was really, really good at staying busy. I was really, really good about filling my schedule with all different kinds of things. I was a three-sport three athlete for a long time, right? And I was a good student. I studied hard. I got good grades, right? I was involved with church. I was doing, I mean, I was, I was so good at so many things, but I was so incredibly busy. I had no extra time in the margins, none whatsoever. And I look back on my senior year and I'm going, what happened to the time. I was reminded that I need to trade my distraction and busyness for simplicity and relationship. I needed to trade my busyness and distraction for simplicity and relationship. In Luke's account, again, this is the first time that Mary and Martha are mentioned in Luke's account. Now, this is not the first time that Mary and Martha are mentioned in Scripture. In fact, the Gospel of John, the eyewitness account of John, the apostle, has already mentioned Martha and Mary, and Mary and Martha are sisters to Lazarus. How many of you guys know Lazarus, right? Jesus was like, hey, come out of the dead, right? Like, come back from the grave. This guy, right, raise him for, like, that bonds people. Just so you know, if anyone ever brings back a sibling from the dead, you're pretty bonded. So um, these, this is that family, right? So Lazarus, Martha, and Mary... And we're introduced to Martha and Mary really in this story. And see, Martha is actually, she's kind of the host of the house, which just to give you some context, in first century, women did not own property. Like the, you, can't, you couldn't buy a house like you can today if you were a woman back in the day. So what we think happened was actually that Martha was married, her husband probably died, and so now she has to oversee the responsibilities of the house. It's been passed down to her. 
And so all responsibility when it came to hosting and hospitality and these things would have fallen to Martha. And it would have been family duty for Martha to take care of any of her siblings, seeing as Mary is a sibling. They would have been a, a tag team. Mary and Martha, their responsibility together would have been to oversee the responsibilities of the house. And so as they show up, as Jesus shows up, you're thinking, okay, cool. Mary and Martha are gonna, I mean, like 13 guys are now showing up to their house. And you're like, all right, Mary and Martha are gonna be on it. They're gonna be getting grub going. This is gonna be good. This is gonna be great. But that's not what happens. Look at verse 38. It says, a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house and she had a sister called Mary. We just talked about them. And Mary, however, she sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. So, so Mary is in with Jesus and Martha, where is she? She is distracted with much serving. She's in the kitchen. She's getting stuff done. And immediately we should read this and be like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, it's about to go down. Right, like there's, there's something not right here because Mary is not where she's supposed to be. Culturally, she's not where she's supposed to be. Even just like socially, she's not where she's supposed to be. Mary is actually sitting at the feet of a rabbi. That was scandalous. Like we read that and we're like, oh, that's nice. Jesus was telling stories. Mary, Mary wanted to hang out. What's the, what's the big deal? No, you don't understand. That was where disciples sat. That was, that was Jesus welcoming Mary as a disciple, as a follower, as one to be taught by Jesus. If anyone would have walked in that room that was from like the religious circles, they would have, <gasps> no, like they would have lost their mind. That was so not okay. And yet look what, I mean, Jesus doesn't correct it. Jesus just lets her sit and keeps teaching. Jesus welcomed this kind of cultural rebellion, which we have to understand this about Jesus. Jesus was perfect in everything that he did. Jesus was not gonna like, let stand some cultural barrier that, that basically lessened women, because he's like, that's not how I designed it. That's not how I made Adam and Eve together. They were equals. And now all of a sudden there's this hierarchy? What's, the, what's that about? No, no, no. Mary, you can stay right where you are. You are just as valued as anyone else in this room. You can say exactly where you are. But Martha was distracted with much serving. So not only was Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, which was culturally like taboo, she's also not in the kitchen helping her sister. So you're kind of feeling the tension in the room a little bit. You're like, oh, Mary, what have you gotten yourself into? Because think about it. 12, 13 guys are just showing up at their house. This is like, have you ever seen the movie Hobbit? This is when the dwarves show up and Bilbo's trying to feed them all. Like just plates are flying everywhere. Like, I mean, it's crazy. Like instantly, and this is probably not a big house. Like it is way smaller than probably this room. And there's 13 guys like just like, woo, like kicking their feet up. They're probably stinky and smelly from traveling all day. Like this, we gotta imagine the scene a bit. Flushes out in our heads, right? Like imagine the scene. And this is honestly the scene I imagine. It's Bilbo's house. So we just replace Bilbo with Mary and Martha. That'll help you, right? Because Martha's in the kitchen doing her duty, right? She's doing what she's supposed to do. And Mary's the one that's being lazy. Mary's just being lazy. But that's not how Luke records it, is it? That's not how Luke records it. Already you get this sense. You're like, mm, mm, Jesus is about to do something, <laughs> And Luke's just letting us know that something's about to go down and it's not what we think is gonna happen. Because see, the way that Luke writes, and notice that he says the word distracted. 
He uses that to describe Martha. He says that Martha was distracted with much serving. And now this, this gives the indication that Martha wasn't just doing her duty. This actually gives the indication that Martha was going out of her way to go above and beyond and couldn't be bothered by anybody. Right? Couldn't be bothered by anything or anyone and that is what Luke begins to pry at. It's this over the top, like everything has to be perfect. She's got the doilies out. You guys don't, you don't even know what doilies are. Okay, perfect. a few of you are like, she's got the doilies out and she's like, like placing them ever so, like she's bringing out the good china. Like when Jesus comes over, we say like when the Pope comes over, right? But it's like the good china that no one touches, like the good soap is being brought out, right? The lamb from the garage that no one touches, been in the freezer for like three years. She's bringing that thing out, right? Like she's unlocking the Wi-Fi, like she's pulling out all the stops because Jesus has showed up, right? Like she's like, yo, I got this covered. Don't even, I'm not even ordering them from like Domino's or pizza. No, no, no. We doing lamb tonight, yo. Like it's on me, right? Like, like she's, she's doing everything she possibly can. And she's distracted with much serving. See, even Luke saw what Martha was doing and called it serving. I don't know if you've been in church or been in church a while, but people like this, we, we like to look at people like this and like, oh, he's got a servant's heart. <laughs> She's got a servant's heart. She's just exercising her gift of hospitality, right? Like we see these people and they look like chickens with their heads cut off and they're just like, just, I mean, you can't talk to them. Like they're so in the zone. And we see people like that. And honestly, church, we kind of commend that. We're like, yeah, all right, look at how hard they're working. Yeah, all right. Like, look at them go. Right, we, we commend this, and yet, and yet, even with Martha being the perfect hostess, and maybe even exercising a spiritual gift, really she's doing nothing wrong. She's doing the work that needs to be done, but she's settling for the things that have to be done versus the thing that should be done. She's still distracted. I wonder how many of us in this room tonight make excuses for our distraction. I wonder how many of us tonight where we're feeling this tension of like, I just feel like I've got no time. Like I've got no time for nothing in my life. Like nothing I really want to do, I don't have any time for it because I'm doing this, 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 this. But yet we make, we make excuses for it. We're like, well, yeah, I have to play three sports. Hello, I'm going pro in all three. Don't you know? I'm amazing, right? Like, I mean, of course, I, of course I have to study till my eyes bleed because I'm going to Oxford, Harvard, and Stanford, right? Like, I'm going to all three, right? Like, like, no one's stopping this train. And so we make these excuses going, no, you understand, it's for my future. I'm gonna invest in my future. And is there anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But see, Martha's making a fatal mistake. She couldn't be bothered by anyone. She couldn't be bothered by any one. And I can just see it. Oh, okay, again, this is where I love, I love the Bible. I don't know if you know this, I love the Bible. And I love bringing some life to the Bible because again, Luke is very, he's, he's a doctor. He's very detailed, he's very, this is black, this is white, this is how we do this. So I can just imagine this scene as we begin to breathe some life into it. I can just see the eye rolls. I can see the eye rolls of Martha. She's in the kitchen just, just scrubbing away, right? And they're in the other, just imagine, now they're in the other room, so within earshot, and everyone's like, ah! Jesus, you're all there. Remember that 
time you like walked out of that water and freaked that dude out, that was awesome, man. Or when you like healed that dude's arm back and he was waving around and you gave him a high five, that was legit, right? Like, I mean, just they're having a good time. They're talking, they're laughing. And I can just imagine Martha in the kitchen. She's just like, it's so legit. Like just, I mean, the eye rolls are so strong. She's beginning to seethe in the kitchen. The heat is rising from the kitchen, not because the oven's on, because Martha is hot. Like she's just like, and like she's beginning to scrub away the bowl. Like these are not ceramic bowls. These probably would have been wooden bowls. And she's like just sandpaper, yo. Like it was, I mean, she is hot. So much so, so much so that in verse 40, here's what she does. She, even though she was distracted, she goes up to him. This is Jesus. I love this. She goes up to him. Again, imagine the scene. She's like, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Right, Martha is so hot. She's like, all right, if my sister doesn't see what she's doing, I'm gonna talk to Jesus. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through her, talk to Jesus, and maybe Jesus will get some sense into her. Get her off her lazy hind end and get in here and help me in the kitchen. Jesus is here. She's making me look bad. Right, like I can just imagine Martha is so hot right now. She is so upset, right? Like, oh my goodness. And, I, and part of me, when you first read this, you're like, yeah, girl. Like, go get it. Like, you're like, you're charging her on. You're like, come on, Martha. Yeah, you tell Jesus, right? Like, we, we want to back her up. Why? Because Martha's in the kitchen. She's doing what she's supposed to do. Right, we look at that hard work and we're like, yeah, Martha, you go, sister. Right, like, get it, girl. Right, like, we, just, we, we, we encourage that because why? Because she's doing the good work. She really is. And we are half expecting, we're half expecting Jesus to go, okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, Martha, my bad. Sorry, I was, I was talking to her off. That's, that's my, yeah, Mary, go ahead. You go help Martha. Let's get the lamb out. We'll enjoy some food together. No, no, no. We're expecting Jesus to almost apologize. And he'd be like, yeah, Mary, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Martha. No, no, no. What does he say? What does he say? It's not what we would expect. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. Whenever you see a name or two words, when Jesus would say, truly, truly, I tell you, or he does two names back to back like that, this was a literary device in scripture where this was Jesus getting her attention. This was not something that was said in passing. This was not something where Martha was going back into the kitchen and he was like, oh, hey, by the way, Martha. No, no, no. This was Martha. Like when, when you guys have children, parents in the room, you guys will understand this, where you're like, hey, 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 right here. Right when your parents have done that to you, like, hey, hey, right here. No, no, look at my eyes. Look, 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 look right here. Look at my eyes. Right, that Jesus is getting Martha's attention so he can tell her this. He says this to her. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Girl cannot catch a break. Like Martha's in there going, all right, Jesus is gonna help me. No, even Jesus is like, actually, Martha, sorry. Like Mary's not going anywhere. And you're like, come on. Girl cannot catch a break. But I think Jesus shines a light on a human condition. I think Jesus shines a light on something that we still struggle with today in our 21st century culture. That we get so distracted with the good things that we forget about the best thing. 
that we get going in life and we get chasing grades, we get chasing scholarships, we get chasing schools, we, we get chasing girls, we get chasing guys, we get chasing all this stuff that we experience in our day in, day out lives. We get so caught up in these are the things that I have to do. This is what it means to be a teenager. This is what it, whatever it is. And this could be something as dumb, I'm gonna say it, I'm sorry if this is offensive. Something as dumb as keeping up with streaks. Why that's even a thing, I don't know. Like, come on somebody, help me out. Like I just, like these, like, and the best part about streaks, this is off my nose for a second. Best part about streaks is it's not like a, hey, hey, my favorite is watching somebody who's Snapchatting, who's sitting in a coffee shop doing this, and then they're like, like, they're just like, what are you doing, right? Like, you're texting, like, this is ridiculous. You look so silly. But then the best part is it's not even their face. When you're doing streaks, it's like sending 100 picture, you know, people a picture of your foot. It's like, a streak. It's so dumb. Anyway, oh, that's just a moment of venting. I'm sorry. I just have to get it out. It's silly, though. Right? We, we get so caught up in these things. Like, to, and I'll be real. I'll be real with you. I get it. To some of you in this room, keeping a streak going with somebody, like that is a huge deal. It's a huge deal. Like you're at the end of the day and you're like, and you begin to panic. Cause you're like, I, I didn't snap back. I didn't, I didn't snap back. They're gonna kill me. They're absolutely gonna kill me, right? Like there's, there's this tension that we constantly feel about all the things we have to do. That we have to do. Oh, friends. Can I make us uncomfortable just a little bit? I think sometimes we think maybe our service, whether it's good or bad, we make excuses, or even we go so far as like, no, 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 this is actually for Jesus. Like, I'm doing all this stuff because this is actually for Jesus. But you're so busy that you can never spend any actual quality time with him. But you're so like, no, no, I'm doing this for Jesus, but we're so busy we don't even spend time with him. We don't even spend time with them. It's our desperate attempt to feel like we're earning the Father's love. But let me remind you something tonight. God cannot love you any more or less than he does right now. If you've never heard that before, please write that down. Like, God cannot love you, think of that, God cannot love you any more or less than he does right now. This goes for if you're currently following Jesus, if you're straying away, if you've never even met Jesus, you're like, I don't even know who this Jesus guy is. God cannot love you any more or less than he does right now. Why? Because his love is perfect. His love is perfect. It never ends. It never fades. It's faithful. God is so crazy in love with you that you can't do anything to make it go up or down because it's not based on what we do. Jesus wants to simply have a relationship with us. That is, at the end of the day, what Jesus wants. He doesn't want you to go and do all this stuff. Yeah, that's an outpouring of the spirit working in us. It's an outpouring of saying, God, I love you so much. I wanna go and do on your behalf. But what it is more than anything is Jesus is saying, I just wanna spend time with you. I wanna know you. I wanna know what scares you. I wanna know what excites you. I just, I just wanna know you intimately and personally like a good friend, like a father, a good, good father. And if you've never experienced that, friends, I'm here to tell you, it is something that you need to experience. Because <laughs> I get it. I've walked both sides of the line. Talked a lot about that at camp. 
right? We walk both sides of the line. But I'm telling you, the way of Jesus is the best. It is the best. Because everything that I do, everything that I experience, I, do, I get to experience guilt-free. Because there's not this shame that enters in because I'm experiencing certain things. There's, there's, there's not this condemnation that I feel or there's this spirit's tugging of like, bro, don't do that. That's not, that's not good. That's not good for you. Don't do that. No, no, I get to experience everything when I'm walking in the ways of Jesus, guilt-free. And that is amazing. Because Jesus is the good portion. We cannot let ourselves get distracted with all the have-tos. I got another reminder for us tonight. We can't serve our way into God's kingdom. We can't serve our way into God's kingdom. Right, but somehow that's how we functionally think. That's how we walk. That's how we live. And some of us would say, well, of course not. I can't serve. I can't earn God's love. Of course, I, I get that. But we live that way. We live constantly as, hey, God, God, look at me. Look at me. Look what I'm doing. Watch, 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 watch. You see? Do you see what I did? Like, love me. Right, we act that way all the time when we're like, I'm doing something good. Jesus, are you watching? Are you, there you are. See what I did? Right, like, no, 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 no. We gotta stop that. We gotta stop trying to serve and earn our way into God's kingdom. God is not gonna see our preparations and all the, and give us his favor because of what we're doing. He's not gonna do that because of our preparations and our service. No, no, no. Only the person of Jesus can set people free. It's not by action. There's nothing you can do that will save you. The only thing that you can do is to rest and go, wow. That's what putting your faith in Jesus is. It's simply sitting back and going, wow. You, you did that for me? No, there's no, you did that for me. And over and over in his word, he goes, yeah, I did that for you. I did that for you. I did that for you. I did it for you too. I even did it for the person that you don't even like. I did it so that humanity could be brought back to himself. Jesus is not gonna see what we're doing and declare us good. No more than was he going to taste Martha's lamb and be like, woo girl, you in for sure because y'all can cook, right? No, no, that's not how that works, right? We hear that and we're like, well, of course not. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but that's how we functionally live. We functionally live like we're constantly trying to impress God with what we can do. And he's like, no, 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 just spend some time with me. Just spend some time with me. I can't tell you how many times I hear students and people just going, man, I just, I just not, I'm not feeling God anymore. I'm just not into this whole Jesus thing. I don't know, just, I'm, not, I'm not really feeling this, this whole thing. I'm really not. First of all, can I say that Jesus is so much more than a feeling? Okay, can we, can we agree on that? He's so much more than a one-time experience or a camp high or whatever. No, Jesus is so much more than that. He's not just a feeling that we're running after. He's a person that can be known and then I always follow up that question with like, well, okay, if, if you're feeling this tension, what, um, what's your schedule like? And, and they have to pull out their phone because they don't want to miss anything. They're like, well, I've got this, 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 this. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> there it is right there. You've got no time to simply spend with 
Jesus. Have we considered that maybe Jesus isn't the problem? This might be tough for us to hear, but (laughs) I say it because I love you. I really do. Have we considered that Jesus maybe isn't the problem? If you're feeling distant from God, have you maybe thought that he's not the problem? Maybe it's us? Because see, Jesus was right in the other room, wasn't he? He was right in the other room with Mary. And Martha was the one that was in the kitchen. She was in the one that was looking at the dishes and going, I am going to, mm, Jesus, you better be paying attention. And she's probably even humming to herself and probably going like, woo! Just looking, he's like, woo! Man, these dishes, there's a lot of them. Jesus, you see what I'm doing? Okay, good, he's looking, he's looking. Oh, he's not looking anymore. I mean, you can just, he's right there. And Martha is choosing to be in the kitchen. How many of us are choosing to be in the kitchen instead of walking into the other room and experiencing Jesus for ourselves? I'm wondering that. I'm wondering how many of us are so caught up doing the dishes and they're in the kitchen And we're getting so frustrated because Jesus isn't paying attention to us. We're not experiencing Jesus the way we thought we were going to. Is it maybe because you're too busy, you're distracted, and all Jesus is wanting us to do is do this? Just put them down. Put down the dishes. Put down the dishes. And just... just sit we get really uncomfortable when someone just sits on a stage and starts talking really quietly we get really uncomfortable especially when they're just yelling at us for the past 20 minutes right like but this this posture this is what Jesus is looking for he's not looking for you to run around and and be I mean killing it at life that's great yeah I mean, pursue passions. God has given them to you for a reason. Work hard in school. Get a good job. There's nothing wrong with that stuff. But none of that can be in replace of relationship. None of that can be in replace of simple just sitting still, quiet, and going, God, you're awesome. (laughs) I I just want to just sit in a quiet space and just just hear from you, talk to you. This is what's going on. My sister's driving me crazy right now and I wanna hit her, but I know you say I'm not supposed to, so I'm not going to, even though I really want to. I like have these conversations with God, why? Because that's what he wants to know. He wants to know, he wants you to give that up to him. So I'm gonna have the band come up as we close. We're gonna sing some more. And I'm wondering if, if maybe we just need to get better at this posture. Because see, our culture is so used to us running around, doing a million different things. I'll take the iPad back. You're good. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I'll get that out of your way. Yeah. Right, like we get, we get, so, we get so caught up in the business and distraction. And we forget that this whole Christian walk It's not about works. It's not about works. It's not about what you do. That's a false gospel. The gospel of Jesus is that he did it all for us. It's done. It's finished. And now now we have that connection with him. We can go to him freely. We can enter the throne room of God 
freely. That should blow our minds. And yet we never go. We have a hard time going. Let's pray. Father God, I, I just pray for my, again for my brothers and sisters here at NGC. God, I thank you for, again for their leadership between Sam and Courtney and all the things that they do and just their, their sacrifice constantly. Thank you for Pastor Andrew and how he's leading this congregation in this area of Clark County. God, I thank you for the elders that are here as well, that just as they are guided by you as their shepherds of this flock, God, I, I'm thankful for what they're doing. Father, I wanna pray by the power of your spirit and just in the name of Jesus that you would help all of us, the church of Clark County, to be able just to sit, to put down the dishes, to stop trying to earn it, but God, just to simply rest in who you are, to sit at your feet and to learn to truly be a disciple, that everything we do is not out of our own power, but it's you just working through us. Everything that we do is not for our glory, but it's for yours. God, I pray that you would speak to us tonight. I pray that you would convict us tonight of maybe some things that we need to let go of. Maybe some things that we're putting before you whether that be relationships, activities, and sports, theater, dance, whatever it is, classes, I don't know, whatever it is, yeah, there, there's, there are things that we're putting before you and I pray that you would convict us tonight of what things need to go, what things we need to lay down, what things we need to start saying no to, even obligations that we're like, this is not, this is extra, and this is time that I don't have to spend with you now. And God, I pray that as we spend time with you, as we rest in who you are, I pray that you would meet us in that space. I pray for fruit. I pray for encounter. God, and I pray that you would absolutely just set Clark County on fire for you. That as we join together, may the gospel be known by many in this city and beyond. And that would draw them close to you by how we put down the dishes and we trade it for the floor. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.